0: Uh, It's Rich Big Daddy Salgado, and uh, here we are, another session of Big Daddy and Friends. And you know, I promised everybody out there that I was going to bring all my friends on, people that I've been doing business with, people that I've had friendships with, relationships, so on and so on and so on. And this interview is a special one because this gentleman is one of my closest and dearest friends, and we've known each other for a long time. And uh, without ado, let's just say, Mr. NHL himself, Kevin Weeks. What's up, weeks <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: great, Daddy. Thank you, man. Heartfelt uh, sentiments back your way, as you know, man. Anything for you, and a pleasure to be on here with you, man. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you.
0: Yeah, man. It's uh, you know, this is a big thrill for me because it's you know totally out of my uh, you know spectrum because uh, you know I'm an insurance guy. And uh, luckily, I've, I've dabbled with a little TV and whatnot, and uh, not to give it away and anything, you and I are still trying to get something going mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. someone else, and uh, we'll, we'll share that down the road. But, uh, sure. you know, um, anyway, just for everyone that uh, isn't familiar with who you are and what you're all about and whatnot, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to brag about you. Share our friendship. Share some stories. Share some laughs, and uh, and let people know who the real Kevin Weeks is. You know, uh, appreciate that, it, uh, You know, we keep it G-rated, so uh, we don't. Yeah, of like, course,
1: it's <laughs> all good. We got a wide audience. We're going to exactly. respect a wide-ranging audience. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, yep. uh, this reach is uh, is a deep reach, as we would say. Totally, and, uh, um, it, it's going to be fun. So, for everyone who doesn't know Kevin. You know, he uh, came out in 1993. He was the 41st pick overall of the Florida Panthers. And uh, you turned out to be uh, one hell of a goalie because, you ex- you know, you took your career and you took it to about, what, 14 years?
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: yep. Know you yep. You know, here's a trio pursuit question uh, one out there. Uh, who's the only goalie to play for the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Devils?
1: I like that one.
0: Kevin Weeks.
1: So, I, li- I like that one. I like that got, one.
0: You got to use that one. Uh, when you're <laughs> uh, don't give me the credit because I don't want to get sued by True Pursuit. But, uh, you know, at least you have that in your memory bank. You know? Hey,
1: listen, you know what? It, it was – I love playing here. I love playing in Metro New York. I enjoyed everywhere I played really for the most part, save for maybe one spot. But uh, I really enjoyed playing in Metro New York. There's nothing like it. And to play for all three teams, New York area teams, it was cool. Because every experience was different. Playing for the Islanders when I first met you, you're the first person I met in New York. First friend that I made in New York was you, mm-hmm. and that was a cool experience too. Uh, in addition to our friendship, but playing for the Islanders and then playing for the Rangers and then the Devils tend my career. It was really cool playing for all three teams to have that unique experience here in Metro New York.
0: And and you know the thing that was cool for me was to follow you. You know, right? Because. Uh, you played here, you played here. I, I remember when you played in Tampa, I was in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, there's so many Carolina, Carolina. I mean, I, I and I went to remember the Stanley cup finals when you guys were yeah. here and yeah. I went down for that. And, uh, that was a story in itself that night. That After was crazy that night. <laughs> totally. That, that was, was crazy. that night. night. Oh, that was crazy. But uh, I right? was, uh, wasn't that like a, Triple overtime or double yeah, overtime?
1: Yeah, yeah. We lost that game to Detroit. That's the one that changed the series, man. That yeah. changed the change yeah. Stanley Cup. That uh, that marathon overtime game, it was, a, it, it was crazy. crazy.
0: Wasn't that like a three overtime?
1: Three? Yeah, Igor Larianna ended up scoring that goal for Detroit. And that yeah. kind of changed that Stanley Cup final. But we had a special group. As you know, our Carolina team was special in getting there. We shocked the world. And we went up against that Hall of Fame team. That is the Detroit Red Wings. They have 10 Hall of Famers in that group. And, yeah. you know, we were overmatched that way. But what a run it was for us and for our amazing fans that we had down there in Carolina, too, was awesome.
0: And then, you know, we had the experience of trying to find somewhere to eat after that game. Or <laughs>
1: post-game we're with like... our, my family. Yeah, I remember that.
0: <laughs> we were driving we're... all around Carolina. Totally. We were like, driving
1: all around Raleigh trying to find a place and ended uh, up at uh, Denny's.
0: Yeah, we ended up at, at Denny's because I was yep. the only thing that was open. Uh, but, you know, those are the stories that, you know, people want to hear and, you know, totally. like you you tell people these things and, you know, they exist just like for normal people. You know, it's not Big that time. we're in a world that's different than everybody else's. You still have to get up, get out of bed. You got to brush your teeth. You got to use the restroom. You got to go out to eat and all that. So, you know, that's part of the whole gig and uh, and whatnot. But uh, so true. You know, um, and I think the one thing that I always found to be a lot of fun and special mm-hmm. was when I interacted the hockey world with the football world. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think oh, yeah. the, I think one of the most special times that we had was <laughs> when we had our man Red Batty came in. Oh, yeah. Like, I took him to an Islander, a Ranger, and a yeah. Devils game. And remember, we went out to dinner with him, and he was like a kid in a candy store. Totally, uh, totally. How you developed a friendship with him, and uh, Mm -hmm. this is what ten years ago, fifteen, whatever it was.
1: Yeah, fifteen actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. uh, And you know he's Canadian by blood, so yeah, made that whole thing that much better. And and every once in a while, he'll text me and like. Daddy, I'm watching Weeksy right now on NHL Network. Or, you know, <laughs> man, did you see that game last night? Or And it's just, it, it, it's so funny to, uh, like I said, to uh, bring both worlds together. And, you know, you guys are football fans and they're hockey fans. You know, a yeah. like friend Stray, Michael used to go to Devils games all the time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and then, you know, as a joke, we would always say, you know, between me, him, and Mike Newsome, who you know very well. Right. Uh, yep. We'd be Brother like, hey was, was, hey, was we seeing that last night? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I got to find out. Man, did he give up a field goal or a touchdown? What was it? <laughs> 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 well, I hope it wasn't a touchdown. Oh, because that's, oh, that's funny. funny. You know, and, that's so uh, funny. And, uh, and, I would say, <laughs> and I would say to them, I'd be like, well, listen, it's like you guys on defense, you can't stop a parked truck.
1: You yeah, I mean? exactly, exactly. <laughs>
0: so, you know, you don't yeah. reach out the way you put it because they could come back at you.
1: Totally, you know, totally. You know, uh, but you know what, that's the that's cool thing about it too, to your point, is having that that banter back and forth, you know, and that rapport and that good-natured ribbing too because, you know, it kind of up the competitive spirit. But what was really cool – as you said, it's it's kind of like a mutual admiration society, right? Like we have friends and we establish friendships with people in other leagues and as they did with us. And it was really cool. We had the chance to watch them do what they do, do their thing. They had a the chance to watch us do our thing. I mean, Red, who you mentioned, who's a trainer, had equipment guy for the Green Bay Packers. He's a legend. Everybody knows the legend, Red Batty. Yeah, yeah. He's a huge Montreal Canadian fan, but he's been a legend in Green Bay for years, a mainstay. And, Won multiple uh, Super Bowl rings as well. So funny enough, you mentioned him because we were just going back and forth last week, him and I, actually.
0: Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he goes to that, uh, there's a hockey team right there, right across the street from their facility. Right. Coast, uh, I think he's. Yeah, a-
1: the HL team. Yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. So he's. Yep, does- HL Milwaukee. That's Nashville's uh, Nashville Predators HL team, their minor league team. Yep.
0: You know, he's like, oh, big dad, as long as I can taste the ice, you know, at least I got to get a little something And He goes, You know, we naturally (laughs) – they naturally get ice up there, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. The stick and the puck, they he you'd rather have that. uh, Totally. You know. Totally.
1: Plus, they have University of Wisconsin, the the Badgers, obviously, that have a great hockey program. And have had an awesome hockey program there for years, too. Yeah. So – I know And Tony Granato's coaching there now, too. So, uh, they got – yeah, yeah, Tony Granato, long-time NHLer. He's coaching there. And keep in mind, they've got a lot of prospects on that team. But Ke'Andre Miller – the, uh, the young brother that the Rangers took in the first round a couple of years ago who played two years for uh, Team USA at the World Juniors. he uh, He's turning pro now, so he's with the Rangers. Uh, look forward to seeing if he can crack the lineup this year. But he yeah. played for them at Wisconsin, too. So a lot of – they have a pipeline of players that come out of there, for sure.
0: So for everyone who's watching, you know, I obviously know the story inside and out, but tell people what got you motivated to become a hockey player, like – You know, basically, you know, we uh, I saw your post about Barbados and, uh, you know, and I know that's dear and near to your heart because you're from there. Sure. You you go from Barbados, you go to Canada. What made you want to be a hockey player? That's what I think the people out there want to know that don't know you.
1: Sure. I think the biggest thing in in growing up in Canada, specifically in Toronto, what was cool is the part of the city, the two parts of the city that we grew up in. The first one was like the original Little Italy back home. And and literally, I'd say probably 60% of that neighborhood naturally was Italian. And a lot of them, like me, their parents were immigrants too. So a lot of them had just moved to Canada, specifically to Toronto, but it wasn't limited. Like we had different people in the neighborhood too, Portuguese, Greek, Russian, Slovak. I mean, Yugoslavian at the time, Irish, Irish. Scottish, and then, of course, us, uh, Caribbeans. So it was just this really cool melting pot. But that was the thing. Like, playing hockey was the thing. And especially growing up in Canada, that was the jam. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to be in and you wanted to feel like you, you know, assimilated and you fit in, that was the main sport. We played other sports, too. I loved other sports growing up. And I played other sports in school. But literally what happened was the goalie who – I used to play street hockey with my older cousin and his friends. My older cousin's born in 68. I'm born in 75. And some of his friends were born in 66, 65, 70, 71. I'm born in 75. So I was a lot younger than those guys. And they would play street hockey in our neighborhood behind our building. And what happened was the main goalie who used to play, whose family emigrated from Greece and moved to Toronto, his last name was Lambros. He was always one of the goalies. And he was always one of the goalies. And what was cool about him being one of the goalies is the fact that he always had one net and then there was another net, but somebody would go in the second one. So finally, Lambros, for whatever reason, his family was moving from Toronto back to Greece. And that's when they said, hey, listen, if you want to hang and you want to play, you got to go in the net. I was like, perfect. That's where I want to be. I was six years old. I was like, that's where I want to be. And literally, we play street hockey and then the park... Down the street from our, our place, Hillcrest Park, they would have an outdoor rink in the winter, and I'd be out there in the outdoor rink with my winter boots before my parents even bought my skates. And then my cousin went to go register to play House League at St. Mike's Arena. My aunt and uncle let him register. And then I went home and I told my parents, I'm like, hey, dad, I want to play. Mom, I want to play. And luckily, my parents said yes. And literally, Big Daddy, from first grade, my teacher was Miss Mahar. We saw the book at my parents' house. It's the first book that I wrote as a kid mm-hmm. in school and I drew myself as a goalie and I had a scoreboard on the ice and I had the NHL logo in it. And from six years old, right away, I knew I wanted to play in the NHL.
0: Wow. That's uh, you know, that's like uh, you, you talk about having a vision and a dream mm-hmm. and you write that vision down or dream down. Totally. And you say, boom, that's where I'm going. And hundred percent. And I, I can relate to that because I've, I've done that myself. Right. And, uh, you know, it's funny, one moment I don't have a car, and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, you know what? The first thing I want to get is myself. Uh, I wanted this Yukon truck, like the oh, yeah, car yeah. with the big tires and everything. And yeah. I took a picture of it, and I used to hang it on my wall. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I'm striving for. Totally. And one day I got it. And, and I always use that, uh, you know, like uh, things that are within reach. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying like hey, let me have Ohika Castle as my home, you know. (laughs) That's right. And that's ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, visionary goals are are great. And I always tell people, if you dream, live out your dream. Because if you stop doing that, then you don't get where you want to get to.
1: Yeah, no, that's great advice, man. Listen, I I think that as a six-year-old, I was very clear in my intention. And to your point, I knew what my compass, where it was pointed. I knew what my direction was. I knew what my life goal was. Mm-hmm. and nothing, there wasn't anything that was going to stop me or prevent me from getting there. Being a black goalie, didn't matter. Whatever, it didn't matter. Caribbean parents didn't matter. None of the setbacks or things that people would use as kind of maybe knocks against me. They weren't going to withhold me from getting to the league and making the league and living my dream. And I think one thing that's really important about that too is in having that, you know, you, you go through different stages in life, but quite honestly, my parents – never ever 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 one time had to get on me to get ready for practice to grab my equipment to grab my sticks to to want to go to power skating or goalie school or whatever the case may be ever not the gym ever never because i knew that that's what i it took for me to get to where i wanted to get And i think a big thing for a lot of your listeners and your viewers here is set really big goals for yourself and be aspirational and and work exceptionally hard to make those things happen, because you don't want to live your life and have regrets of what you could have, or maybe might have, or were really capable of doing, because you cut yourself and sold yourself short. That's a tough one to live with.
0: Yeah, and and you know what, uh, I'm a firm believer in what you just said, and also I go by this mantra, and sometimes people take it the wrong way, but I always say eliminate distraction.
1: Oh, beyond.
0: Because distractions are things that hold you back, totally, whether it be negatively or, uh, you know, um, uh, and I went through, a, uh, you know, obviously, you know me well enough, sure, years that you know I've gone through negative stages and and sure. then I moved on, you know, and yeah, and uh, you know, sometimes the transition isn't easy, but of course, you, you move on and you say to yourself, Look, I was here. I went here. I got to get back to here. So how do I get back to here? And Mm -hmm. that is getting rid of negative things and also focusing on positive, surrounding yourself with positive people and friends, and then you deal with the other stuff Mm -hmm. on your own when you have the time to. I think you make a mistake when – uh, if you're trying to be a professional athlete, uh, a goalie, yeah. hockey player, or whatever, and you're worried about, oh, my girlfriend dumped me, or you know she's not happy with the dress, or or whatever, stupid stuff like that. Sure. And 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 I'm just being honest. Some guys may no, not, 100%. Some guys may not be open like I am and say yeah. they like this, but that is the truth. And I've been there, and I, you know what, I went pushed it aside. I have a real focus now, and I'm getting back to where I used to be and the person totally. I am because, yes. one, I wasn't happy, and, two, I was letting it affect my relationships. So, you know what? You learn a lesson. I learned a valuable lesson, and now it's, I've t- you know, Big Daddy's game is going this way, and, uh, you know, every morning I wake up. That's my positive reinforcement. You know, people yeah. ask me, how do you get up that early and go to the gym? I don't know. I just do it. And I'm excited yeah. to do it because I notice the uh the weight loss, the change. You're looking great. You know, how I feel so much better and the energy. And then it's also having, you know, uh positive reinforcements from people that care about you and uh and your family and, and your loved ones. So uh no question. So those are all things that I always try to stress to people. You know, yeah. they ask me uh you know how you do this how did you get over this what this look it's like that interview i did look an aneurysm divorce and COVID 19 didn't take my life yet Yeah, so exactly god's got me here for a reason and i'm here for a mission and what what that mission is i'm dealing with it right now and and you know what and uh, it's working so let's, let's just say that you know
1: that's awesome no that's all well said appreciate you sharing that with, uh, with a lot of the viewer listeners, that's, that's profound stuff. And listen, it's really rooted in simplicity. You know, I think a lot of times people try to outthink things and overthink things. And I got to tell you, like, it's funny, you kind of talk about eliminating distractions. I was that kid where if it wasn't about hockey or sports or something positive, I was never around it. Cause I was that laser focused and people that know me, I've got friends that I played with when I was eight years old. I told you I'm 45 now, mm-hmm. you know, I've got friends that I've known literally that I played with from that time. They'll tell you the same thing. No, not into the drinking, not into the weed, not into any of that stuff. Oh, I no know, drugs.
0: I know that personally, so. you know,
1: right? Like none of that was my thing. Nope. If I was in a relationship and there's too many arguments, I'm out. If it's this and it's too mental, I'm out. If it's people whose behavior that was compromising or their friends, or their associates were compromising. I'm out. I'm not hanging because I knew a couple things. Number one, on the road to get into the NHL, I had no margin for error, especially yeah. being a black goalie, especially playing hockey. Number two, at home, I knew that I'd get jacked up because my parents raised me right. So <laughs> there wasn't going to be there wasn't going to be any slack.
0: Hey, and let me, you know, let me tell. And let me tell yeah. yours. Yeah, yeah. Your parents are great people, and no, I've you. always always had a great admiration for them. So,
1: thank you so much, man. And listen, I mean, you know, so that's that comes from being raised properly at home. So for me to have that at home, that's number one, and then number two to then have that in in what became my profession. But from a young age, I, from a social standpoint, I only wanted to be around people that we're doing positive things and not everybody's going to play in the NHL or NBA or NFL or do whatever, but do something positive, something constructive and people that can add value and that are genuine people. Mm -hmm. And even if they aren't the most career oriented people, but yet still they're genuine and they're high character, no problem. You can be around, but soon as they were compromising at any age and at any stage, I'm telling you from eight, uh, literally from six to now as a 45 year old in different uh, situations, I've had to just remove myself from different situations because the negativity, here's the thing, daddy, you we were joking about this earlier. When I'm on the highlights, I want to be on the right side of the highlights Yeah. and I want to make sure that I'm giving my teammates the best chance to win when I was playing. Mm-hmm. I, I envisioned myself making all the saves, all the different scenarios who Gretzky, Lemieux, Crosby, whoever it was I was playing against all the greats of the greats. And I'd envision myself stopping them and envision our team winning and envision the end of the game coming up with the boys tapping me on my head, on my mask, being like, we see good game, man, big win for us, good game, whatever. And wanting to be one of the game stars, all in, all really in the greater concept of trying to win the Stanley Cup and, and being a Stanley Cup champion. You know, that's the goal. And quite frankly, Daddy, anytime I've had situations in the rare times where it has been the wrong person or the right person's around, they show that they're the wrong person, they hang with the wrong people, their people are getting in legal trouble, that they're in legal trouble, all the rest of it, whatever the case may be, it's always come back to bite me in the rare times that that's happened. So remember this, while I was on, on the highlights as a goalie, I'm the only one in the net and I don't want people watching the highlights in Philly, Long Island, Chicago, LA. What's wrong with this week's guy? What's yeah. wrong with him? He can't stop a puck. Germany, Russia, Sweden. What's up with Weeks? Last, he let in that terrible. I hated that. So I always wanted to make sure I was hyper-prepared. And the same thing for TV. The circle that you have around you. I don't want to be on there calling the Dallas Stars by some other name, calling the Vancouver Canucks by the wrong name, their <laughs> team name. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and it's funny because I'll share this. You'll laugh. My parents always tell me. My mom actually told me the last time we Facetime with them two days ago. Make sure that you're always on your game. And make sure you don't say anything stupid. And you don't want to go on TV and say anything stupid. Make sure you stay in shape because you don't want to be out of shape on TV talking to people. Like, old school stuff, but amazing value. And it makes tremendous sense, as you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, it's funny being as big as I am and now changing everything around. And and I remember I used to laugh, especially when I walk into Fox, you know. Some of the guys would eat, but, you know, like they would take just like a bite of something and, you know, everybody yeah. watching their weight and all that. And sure. I'm like, wow. I mean, I, you know, that was really like different for me to. Sure. As if I was on air, I would be guy to eat a burger and I'd eat the whole thing, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> but right, now, right. now here I am where I'm juicing. Like before yeah. Thanksgiving, I did a three-day cleanse, like a three-day yeah. juice. That's awesome. Uh, you know, it was a little difficult, but it wasn't like uh, I was just drinking water or whatever. I have protein right. shakes because of the workouts. I would never make it through the day being just drinking green juice. or Sure, whatever. of course. Because uh, I, after doing cardio, we would do weights. Right. And I'd be hungry, so I'm like, I got to have a shake. But, sure. Uh, you know, now it's a whole different ball game. It's like I'm really, you know, paying attention and being in tune. Yeah. Uh, regardless, if I lose hundred pounds, I'm still going to be Big Daddy. Everybody calls it. Of course. It. And uh, exactly. You know, our sax people, you know, Vinnie and Bill, we have some yeah. renovation, you know, or retailoring because. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, some that's of that's a
1: great problem to have. It's
0: not no, a problem. Uh, look, that's a I, great problem to have. This sweatshirt I'm wearing in honor yeah. of our biggest Ranger fan, Augie. Uh, oh, nice, uh, nice. So, you know, I got to represent Cardinale Bakery. But, of course.
1: And yeah, you're rocking Tripper's dig, digging in yes, with your hat, I'm too. I'm
0: digging in for my guy, Tripp.
1: Yeah, and our also, boy Trip uh, Tracy.
0: He's coming on the show as well. I and, look forward uh, to it. And, you know, it's all these things like I always say, like, I have my golf outing. I have
1: my – Yeah, uh, which is spectacular.
0: Yeah, thank you. And, mm. uh, you know, this week coming up, I'm dressing up as Santa Claus right. for hospice care. Amazing. You know, and, and, and it's those things where – you know, unfortunately, you can't go to sporting events now. So, sure. you know, uh, I've taken kids to games that have lost parents and, mm. you know, want to meet their, you know, this one person, uh, their son wanted to meet Dan Marino. And uh, I know Danny and we, you, sure. know, so, you know, you've been to NFL games with me before. I mean, totally. like, you know, we go, you know, we walk down on the field and, you know, yep. you all of a sudden it's like, it's funny when, I've done it where I've been on y- y- the other end, where I'm watching you do your thing. Right, and right. It's kind of funny to have uh, Meg, your significant brother, yeah. take yeah. us walking, <laughs> walking into the stadium and totally. walking onto the field. And yeah. it's like, uh, you know, I'm like, wow, now Kevin gets to see what I do up front sure. because you've always been playing, so you never had the opportunity and totally. Then here we are now. I have a relationship with Kim Bakula. Kim Bakula. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, because of you, when we when we uh, made the intro and whatnot, mm-hmm. I text her every once in a while. I gotta that's get. That's cool. Run. I'm gonna get her on the show. And uh, that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like, it's you. She has hockey and football. So of course, it was kind of the Sabers uh, and
1: the Bills for sure. i kind of cool in Buffalo.
0: To have that little uh, powwow that we had there uh, before the game last year. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I know one thing that you're very uh, you're 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 deep and strong about is uh, racial inequality. Yeah. uh, You know, tell the fans what your stand is and, uh, you know, who, what and where and why
1: I I think. Yeah. Well, well, let me. That's a great a great opener on that. Like, listen, I I come from a great island in my parentage and, you know, my culture and my background is, is barbados beautiful barbados in the caribbean and you know it's 166 square miles of paradise and you know a great place hyper refined you have almost 100% literacy rate and you know one of the best small countries in the world and of course you know we were part of the british monarchy but we've had our independence since 1966 but in saying all of that you know education is really big there as i mentioned it's almost 100% literacy rate And how you treat people, especially old school and how you treat people and how you treat your neighbors or your aunt or your uncle or whoever, your sibling, whatever the case may be, that starts at home. But for years, you've had all these people, whether it's Mick Jagger to whoever, Kenny Rogers, to whoever, whichever type of musician and or celebrity that was going to Barbados for years and going all across the Caribbean. Right. And consider this. That's normal for us. And not to mention our own population there is more diverse than people think, even though it might be a 90 something percent black population. There's still a lot of mixing and there's been so much mixing really since colonization. Mm -hmm. Really since then. So, you know, I just found out two years ago that my mom's side, because my mom's skin is she's kind of fair skin and she was born and raised in Barbados and so too was her dad. But I just found out that my great grandfather was German. I never knew that this whole time. So that's a common thing in the Caribbean. And you have such an eclectic mix, such a diverse mix of people. And quite frankly, when my mom first emigrated to Canada, she went to Canada. My aunt left Jamaica and went to London. My uncle, my dad's, my mom's brother, my late uncle now, left Barbados and went to London. And then they went up to Canada. And quite frankly, my dad didn't want to leave Barbados, and he was working on a plantation, Big Daddy. Wow. On his own island. He was working at Applewoods Plantation, and he was the overseer of the plantation, like kind of the GM, and West Indies record label that had a record factory on the back of the plantation, too. So he didn't want to leave working on a plantation he didn't want to leave to come to North America.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's strong. Right. My mom had to
1: pull and prod and pull and prod. She went back to Barbados. They got married. She tricked my dad into coming up to Canada saying that it was a, a, a vacation and she had all his immigration stuff done. She had an apartment set up everything and they'd never looked back. But my point is even amidst their own experiences on their own Island, it was never a problem for us. And at home, there was always an openness and a, uh, a receptiveness. My parents at work, my mom worked at Blue Cross for 40 years. She then worked at uh, Sick Children's Hospital for just under 10 years. My dad worked at Nestle's Chocolate Factory for 40 years in Canada. And they have friends of every different background. So that's the way I was raised, my sister and I, that's the way we were raised. And playing, as I said, minor hockey back home as kids, I had friends on my team with every different background. So when we'd have sleepovers, When I'll go to my Italian buddy's houses, their moms were making lasagna and their owners are making sauce. When I go to my Greek buddy's houses, their parents are making souvlaki. Like, and you start going around the horn? And I learned that at a very young age and it became very natural. And something that's really important to fast forward it is North America. Everybody from around the world want to come to North America and everybody wants to come to live the American dream or the North American dream. And a big part of what the United States is here and a growing bigger part of what Canada is becoming as well is on the backs of people that emigrated there. So if you look at all the amazing things that Latinos have done, you look at all the amazing things that African-Americans have done, Italian-Americans, Italian-Canadians, Russian-Americans, Russian-Canadians, and you start Greek, like you, you look at all the names and you see who all these people are. And how many ways that they've been able to, you know, East Indian, Asian, like I can go along the along the whole color wheel and the whole line, British, like there's so many different people that help make this country and North America what it is. And so many of them, Big daddies, you know, that serve in the military, men and women and, and families that the only the only color that matters is the camo and the flag. That's really it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So imagine this now. So I say to people, imagine this, imagine, heaven forbid, your daughter is afflicted by something. And as I said, my mom worked at Sick Children's Hospital. So imagine there's somebody that goes into Sick Children's Hospital in Toronto. It's one of the best pediatric hospitals in the world. And they happen to be a white family and say a white Canadian family. When they go in there, they're looking to get the best medical care for their doctor for their daughter, sorry, as soon as possible. Correct. Yep. So do you think that they go in there? Like it's a buffet. Um, if there's a black pediatrician, I don't really want that. (laughs) Uh, if there's an East Indian nurse, I don't really want that. Uh, if there's a Latino care nurse, I don't really want, you want the best care possible as quickly as possible to get your daughter as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. So this is why to me, I think we, especially North America wide, I mean, this is a global issue, but we are the beacon for a lot of great things in a, the world of a possibilities, right? From Frank Sinatra to Prince, Michael Jackson, to Jordan, to Tiger, to the late Kobe, mm-hmm. um, you know, to Phil Mickelson, Wayne Gretzky, Marilyn Mew, Serena Williams, Barbara Corcoran, A-Rod, Jeter, all these, Michael Jordan, all these different people, they're different genders, different colors, different parts of the color wheel. Dean Martin, Elvis, like we can go on and on and they've represented here in the United States, but North America as a whole, as some of the best in the history of the world at what they do. So if we understand that and we like that and we value that, I I always believe it's important to respect that in people, respect their cultural differences or their nuances or their sexual orientation or their, uh, their gender or their religious differences and know that certainly here in the United States as an example daddy and this, this relates to both of us African American and Latino spending is a combined 3 trillion dollars. Yep. 3 trillion. I'm not even talking about, about all the different denominations I just met I mentioned because there's tons. Jewish, I mean we can go on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But LGBTQ, you know, there's we can go on and on for the different denominations, but that's a part of strength and those those different things are part of the strength of the country and certainly the continent and what helped make North America what it is. So when people conveniently say, oh, well, I don't really care. Oh, well, or they have a racist take or whatever. Yeah. Like you just said, you're providing that opportunity for that kid to meet Dan Marino. Right. And what's that parent going to say if it was OBJ or if it was Eli Manning? You're going to say you don't like white people. You're going to say you don't like black people. You're say you like people? You're say you don't like Latino people. You get what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Therein, therein lies the hypocrisy around it all. And, you know, I always say, especially for here, I've lived in the United States for 20 years. I'm a U.S. resident, soon to be citizen, um, you know, Canadian citizen, obviously. And, and as I said, Belgian, Barbadian parentage. At the end of the day, the first name of this country is United. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And nowadays it doesn't like, seem that way. But uh, No,
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and and here's here's something that's pretty cool. You know, you've been around a long time. You played elite college ball at Maryland. I know you're a proud Terp. Um, and you've been around pro and you've had so many clients in different sports and pro sports and entertainment, and you've seen it yourself. Here's the one thing for me, and I always give this example. When I was playing and I love City, and iron Philly, sorry, and ironically, Philly is called the City of Brotherly Love. It's an hour down the turnpike from us here in Jersey outside New York City. I remember there were certain fans and two fans in particular that were yelling at me in Philly anytime we played the Flyers, call me the N-word. These same two fans I saw on with my own eyes, which are great because I'm a former goalie. I saw them on TV at a Sixers game in Philly cheering for Allen Iverson. Now, did they not know that Allen Iverson was black too? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Like, that's the hypocrisy.
0: You know that's what I mean? Called, so this, That's rudeness. Totally.
1: totally so the rude. same building, the same arena where the Philadelphia Flyers play and the Sixers play, yep. you're yelling at me, call me the N-word, and you're cheering in the same arena. And the next night or that, that afternoon, if you know, they swap the court, the Rick, you're yelling and cheering for Allen Iverson, the answer. Yeah. So therein lies that hypocrisy. And I just think that it really, it says a lot about people and holes in their character when, uh, when they, when they have that outlook on life, it says more about them than it does about you or me or anybody else.
0: So let's talk about, uh, let's talk quickly about yeah. weeks, the entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, so listen,
0: you know, we I got, learned, tell everybody about your gear. man. Everybody, yeah.
1: So I, I started no five hole apparel probably about eight years now ago. And, it was a creative venture for me. I loved it because it gave me an opportunity to, you know, creatively express myself, hats, hoodies, and things of that nature, connect with NHL fans around the world, connect with players and, you know, from the NHL to youth hockey. But it, it was a real creative venture. At this point now I'm venturing more into content like you,
0: Yeah. but
1: daddy, I learned from the likes of yourself and other people we've been around. Remember you had big daddy gear yeah,
0: for probably. so
1: long and you had been kind of into this entrepreneurial space by way of your insurance business and everything that you do. So quite frankly, uh, you're older than me by maybe a year or two. I'm not dating you, but uh, (laughs) us being boys, us being boys, I learned from people like yourself and people that have come before me. And I really like that side of it. Uh, I really enjoy real estate and other stuff in business. And I love the entrepreneurial side of things too. So it's been a lot of fun, man. And I'm sure you've had a lot of fun with that yourself. And as you are right now doing this amazing content.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a whole different element, a whole different world. I've totally. had a, I've had a a real close friend of mine kind of sit me down and explain to me, you know, mm-hmm. there, you know, you have these opportunities and you have these lanes and 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 I always say, yeah, there's opportunities every day, you know. Totally. I, sit, I have a blackboard that's over there, uh, yeah, dry ink board, and hand the know,
1: camera over there if you can. Let's get a little look at it.
0: Uh, it's a little hard. I the camera is set here, so it, yeah. Uh, It's a little difficult, but at the top, I have Coastal Advisors, LLC. Yep. Beneath it, I have Big Daddy and Friends. Sure. next line, I have Gas It Up, which is a mobile fueling business. Absolutely. And then I have Big Daddy Golf Classic. Yep. The Orthopedic Foundation, which we're both honored by. Totally. And I have uh, the Share Group, which is that women's empowerment group, which I'm uh, an ambassador for. Sure. And then lastly, I have, and uh, I think I might have told you about this, but I'll share it with you and all our viewers. And sure. Listeners. I have Big Daddy's Grilling Bacon. You know, you told uh, me about that. Yeah. I got uh, working yes. on my own uh, appetizer size uh, bacon line that uh, we'll get out there in restaurants and supermarkets and uh, a lot of exciting stuff in 2021, you know. I so, love that. Uh, let me
1: jump in for a second. Congrats on all things good. That's amazing. And I was going to say, I mean, I think one of the unique things too, Daddy, for us is we've had a lot of exposure. We have the opportunity to have a lot of exposure. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Kevin Plank, for example, who you are kind enough to introduce me to back in 2000, who you played with at University of Maryland. And, you know, he went on to, to found this little company called Under Armour. Yeah. And you were kind enough to put me in pocket with him when I was playing for the Tampa Bay lightning at the time. And you remember I was the first NHL player to wear Under Armour shirts under my gear and I would wear it for practice and for games. I was the first one. I'll never forget when he sent the box. And then when I started kind of in, in uh, my early stages of no five hole apparel, you were kind enough again to, to, to have uh, Kevin Plank set up a meeting and, and, and have us over there and, and spend some time at the Under Armour's headquarters. Uh, in Baltimore, and he was so grateful. He was so helpful and insightful what he provided, Uh, you know, and, you know, I always know I've been a big Jordan guy from day one. You know me that already and I've had the chance to be around MJ and attend some of his events and and get a sense for what he does and who he is. And we got to see a lot of that in the last dance. So all that to say, I think through where we've come through in the world of sports in elite sports and entertainment and business has provided us a lot of unique opportunities safe to say, and, you know, we've learned a lot along the way. Some things go well. I mean, you look at you with your golf tournament as an example. That's a huge venture, and you do an amazing job of raising a ton of money for, uh, you know, for the for the causes that you support. And keep in mind, look, look at the people that you've had there. Look at the attendees that you've had and the roster
0: yeah. of
1: who's who in the world of sports entertainment, right? Yeah.
0: So you know, we just I learned that. I on. just get there in amazement sometimes myself because I'm like, is he really here? You know, <laughs> totally, <laughs> and exactly. I, I, and I have to give credit where it's due. Yeah, when you and uh, and PK showed up mm. that one year, I mean, I could not have been more grateful because I know you both had to be in Vegas for the NHL awards, and mm-hmm. for you to come in on that Sunday, and then you know you had to leave Monday. It that really showed. I mean, I knew all about you and what mm-hmm. you stand for, but. For PK, who i had only met really once, right? we had chatted, and then for him to come in, agree to come in, that spoke such volumes about him. And uh, and when I told certain people there that, you know, he was there, you, you guys were coming, they were right. like, wow, and, and boom, there you guys were. And I remember me, you, him, and... Uh, and Jaffe sitting. And Billy Jaffe, just, yeah. Trying to get food. Remember, like trying, I remember that we're in the back in the kitchen. I in remember back in the kitchen, yeah, totally. And,
1: uh, at Ohika Castle.
0: At Ohika Castle, and uh, you know, so things like that. It, you know, uh, I had Jim Trotter on, and he had nothing. He's but great. Money. I love him too. Yeah, he uh, another he, good cat. Shared his love, and uh, and uh, he was so grateful, and 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 saying, you know, hey, he loves coming to the golf outing. He yeah. comes in early because he wants to get his umbertos on. He right. like get that on because you know he's in San Diego, so they don't know what pizza is out there. <laughs> so, you know, he's like, well, yeah. You know, and yeah. then Friday, I'm like, yeah. Totally. You know, when we uh we go out, and I told him, now I got to bring him over to Augie's Bakery. Yeah, that'd be the cool. other side of the uh, the taste. But you
1: know uh, what, Daddy? Let me jump in. I think something that's that's really cool here is uh is the fact that you know for you to have that golf tournament and. And have as much success as you've had with it. And I know it's going to relaunch in 2021. We're looking forward to that because you're able to help amazing causes. But when you were able to bring those people together or, you know, when I hosted my golf tournament in Barbados years ago at Sandy Lane. And, and then. Uh,
0: Remember I went to, it was in Toronto.
1: In Toronto, UK, exactly. In the gala and, and everything. Right. So the point that I'm making to you though, is this all goes back to relationships and it goes back to networking and cultivating trusted relationships. And I think that's something that for the people that tune in, uh, it's something that I want to impress upon them because you know you, you didn't just accidentally be able to go up the road here to MetLife Stadium and walk around at field level and you know be able to talk to Tom Brady or be able to speak to so and so. And yeah, some people are clients and some of us are clients, but it's also forging those relationships with people from everybody, from Red Batty in the equipment room as the equipment manager for the Green Bay Packers up to Mike Tyson or, or Tom Brady, as I just mentioned, and everything in between, right? And whether it's Lisa and Scotty over at Arturo's or it's uh, Augie, as you mentioned, at Cardinale, or it's, uh, you know, it's everybody at Umberto's and the whole family, like the thing, the Quartels. I think at the end of the day, relationships are very, very, very key to navigating business, life, of course, sports, entertainment, you name it. We're, in the, we're, we're talking about people. It's not commodities. We're not talking about coal and yeah. iron. You know what I mean? So uh, that's something that you do an outstanding job at. You're one of the most networked, you're probably the most networked person that I know. And I've tried to take a big page out of your book in doing that. I'm always asking for numbers. <laughs> I'm always, <laughs> I, I'm not shy to ask for no, numbers. I I've seen you Look, you for yeah, years.
0: I, look, I, yeah. look with when you're in my family, my group, yeah. I have no problem extending uh, and sharing. You know, it's sure. like, It's like, uh, you know, uh, I can use, I can pick up the phone and I know that I'm credible enough to reach certain people. Totally. I mean, think about it. For a minute there, for a couple of years, we were the sharpest dressed guys on the planet because exactly. we had Saks Fifth Avenue dressing us. Exactly. And all of a sudden – I had more new friends than I can imagine after, <laughs> after, after me, you, Shemter, and everybody, and Baldy, and everybody yeah. else, Bob Papa, were dressing like, uh, you know, we were walking the runway.
1: You yeah. Know? But,
0: uh, you know, those are things that I, I always am so proud of, and, you know, I have admiration because the people that I asked to join me with that venture are people that I care about and truly love. and Sure. And, and if I could share something with someone – I will share it.
1: You yeah, know,
0: there's no reason to be a, a pig or greedy about it. You know, yeah, but, uh, it's uh, it's good to do that. And 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 look, we got our benefit; they got their benefit. So we 100%. made a, You know, we made it. Who, if you would have asked me ten years ago that I'd be hosting Super Bowl parties for Saks Fifth Avenue, i would been like, "What? What are you talking about? I've exactly. never been to Saks." Right. You know, right. First, everything in there, you know. Right, like not anything that would fit me. Sure, go, go in there and to look. You
1: know? Right, all right.
0: There was to get somebody some a gift for somebody else. Not sure, me, but uh, you know those are all the things in, in life that uh, I count my blessings and I and I and and I'm always grateful for. You know, no,
1: one hundred percent. And listen, uh, it's all it's we're it's the people the business. My parents told me that since I was young, and you know they've always been people people. And that's why, to your point, it's it's really important to have the right people around you so that they can amplify. At the worst case, they could be neutral, but that they can amplify and help make you better, you know, and help take you to the next level. And as opposed to people that can bring you down or that have uh, a mind to tear you down or to be destructive or to be harmful or hurtful, you know. So, you know, hey, at the end of the day, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's that's really a big part of it. Yeah. That's an old saying, but it's really, really true.
0: That is, I, and I haven't heard that in a while, but I'm glad you brought that up. And and, yeah. and you know what? Listen, at the end of the day, I'll get personal. You know yeah. what? You have a beautiful, significant other who I Thank adore. You. And uh, Megan, if when you watch this... Big Daddy always loves you, and uh,
1: she does you, yeah.
0: And she's the best cook in the world. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm a little biased on the food thing, but yeah, I told her in one of my texts. I said, "Look, I got to push away a little bit. I can't throw down, you know, the uh, half tray of lasagna with forty meatballs." Oh, that's funny. That's all right.
1: You can pare it down to a quarter of that now. It's all good.
0: Yeah, so we have to condense that a little bit, but uh yeah you're, you're blessed there and please send me a and uh and then you know last but not least, uh you know I discussed with you earlier that okay, now let's turn it around. Now NHL uh, networks <laughs> minus, Kevin Weeks is gonna ask me a question.
1: <laughs> All right, here's here's one thing that I would ask you. So you have all these unique experiences and earned and trusted access, which is very key for everybody tuning in. What's the one most important thing that you've learned through your long career in sports, business, and entertainment? What's the most important thing?
0: Is to be real. Totally. Don't be someone that you're not. Totally. I, I, uh, you know, we talk about equipment managers. We talk about, you know, head coaches. You know, obviously, uh, I have a relationship with the NFL commissioner, Roger Cadell. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll even call me Big Daddy in front of people because one time we were at some meeting and I said, hey, how you doing? Uh, my name is Rich Lagado. And he's like, Roger told them, that's Big Daddy. don't You know, Rich <laughs> you know? And, uh, totally. and, uh, and I think that's the reason that I have the relationships Mm-hmm. With certain people like yourself mm-hmm. and and people at high level, but also it's always important to remember the people at the bottom, big time, yeah. Because those people one day will not be at the bottom; they mm-hmm. climb. You know, Mike Newsom, who we have, were dear yeah. friends with. brother News. Mike, Mike used to be a ball boy. Yeah, and then he went to the NFL, and now he's a big shot at Nike. So. Yeah everyone grows both professionally and personally mm-hmm. and that's why i try to treat everyone with respect because you never ever know where they will end up and people are people you don't need to treat Not someone that, you know and i've been with some of the wealthiest people on the planet sure some of the people that have nothing and you know sure. what I've been at the top. I've been at the bottom, back up to the top. So it doesn't make me different. Doesn't make me better. I'm just look. I'm I'm glad to be alive. I get out of bed every morning. I have a purpose, and uh, and I give back when I can give back. And and those are the things that mean the world to me, because it's important. A lot of people forget where they came from, and I totally. I don't. That's why me and my brother Jimmy, who you know with the bills, yeah. That's why we have a football camp, but we do it at our hometown. Totally. Because we want those kids that, you know, some of them may not be able to afford to go to a game. Exactly. Let us bring the athletes to them. And you know what? Yeah. We bring different athletes, you know, from all different sports to the table to speak to the campers. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Brian Kilme, Pete Hex over totally. Fox. Uh, you know, we bring coaches, we bring anybody. You're going to come one year because we get mm-hmm. you. You're always in the mix of the playoffs though, around June, so it's hard. Yeah,
1: to... I know. It's tough. It's Stanley Cup final time. Yeah,
0: it's, it's tough. But yeah, I think all those experiences that I've had a chance to experience, mm-hmm. if I don't have any children of my own to give that to, I'll give it to every other child.
1: Sure. That's awesome.
0: Because there's no reason to not to.
1: That's awesome. You know, I love that. No, that's powerful. You know, I've been having my, my camp back home in Toronto, my hockey camp for years, and we've had north of 11 players playing the NHL through that camp. So, many, a lot of them won the Stanley Cup and some of the multiple Stanley Cup winners. Yeah. I think the big thing, too, is, is being able to, to your point, share a lot of those experiences and also a lot of… I was on a conversation earlier today with my friend Tony from back home, and it's sharing a lot of that inside knowledge right? Like a lot of times people's knowledge is only through looking through that screen and or looking through the screen we're on right now yeah. or whatever device they're on, tablet, but we're actually inside of that thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, it got really real for me because as a kid, you know, I was young and then elite and elite and elite and high performance and top prospect and top prospect. And then I got into the minors and then I got into the league. And when I got into the league, all the hockey cards and the sticker books and the posters that I had on the wall, at my parents' house, I was playing against them. <laughs> and that's when it got really, really real. And I realized right away, like, okay, I can't win an NHL game to save my life. It was extremely tough. It was extreme. It was extreme adversity. I was getting hammered in the press because I was winless for so long. But really, I know I had game and I know I was hungry. I just had to get the experience and I had to learn some hard lessons along the way. And I was able to get my training wheels off and and you know lick my wounds and and soothe my bumps and yeah. kind of find my footing. But all that to say, being inside of it is unique and it's a unique experience. You learn a lot of unique things, and being able to impart some of those things and share some of that with other people to help them on their journey is mm-hmm. uh, is powerful stuff. So I couldn't agree with you more.
0: Yeah, so I agree with you a thousand percent, and. Uh, mm. I want to say, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on with me. It's uh, my pleasure, man. Uh, it's uh, it's an honor. And I'm also still in shock because, you know, you're the voice of the NHL network. I don't care what anybody says. I may thank be a you. little bit biased and uh, you know, um, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're a brand Jordan. Okay. Let's just say Appreciate that. Appreciate that. You know, that's, thank you. That's what you really are. And uh, you have a lot of admirers out there. And, and of course, both professionally and personally. I wish you nothing but the best. And, you know, I love you to death. So uh, we'll do this again uh, one uh, a couple more times, I'm sure. And uh, and we'll have fun. And please, again, uh, happy holidays to you, your family, to Megan. And, uh, and uh, I expect to be over there in Jersey uh, sooner than later.
1: You'll be over here sooner than later at the crib for sure. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks for being you. Love you. Thanks for being you. Appreciate you having me on. Look forward to being back on with you again down the line. Uh, once you get through your amazing roster of, of guests and friends and, and listen, daddy, I think, you know, happy holidays to everybody. Hope everybody stays healthy and safe and positive. Yep. That's most important, especially amidst the tough time that we have now and the challenges that we're all facing right now, both directly and indirectly, right? Yep. It's really important for people to keep that in mind, but you dropped some amazing knowledge here. And it was awesome to be able to connect with you on this Vibe And to your last point, listen, man, it's anytime you can be of service, you know, that's really important. You know, one thing about you and and one thing about me and and our circle is we like to serve and, you know, we like to serve. We realize things are bigger than us. Right. And to your last point, when you made about me regarding hockey, we're a five billion dollar league at the NHL level. And, you know, we're the tip of the of the iceberg in our sport. And there's so many great players that have played that do play and different people and women and men that work in different capacities around our league. It's, it's a privilege to serve it, man. So, you know, I get to do that on multi-platforms, obviously starting with the TV. But I just look at it as everything I have my family and I that we have, we have as a result of the game, as Wayne Gretzky says. Yep. So, you know, I feel, uh, I feel great about paying that forward and in any way we can. And you saw Brian Jennings, who's our NHL chief of branding. Yeah. Uh, chief brand officer who we had yesterday on my Instagram yeah, at so Kev Weeks. And we were talking with him and he said the same thing. He echoed the exact same thing about serving and, and being of service. So thanks so much for having me, bro. Love you, man.
0: All right. Love you too. And uh, all you fans out there, uh, keep an eye out for Big Daddy and Friends. Uh, we'll be coming back uh, real soon with some great guests and a lot of great stories like we uh, we told today. So until next time, I'll see everyone real soon.